0: Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM, six minutes past hour. Thank you so much once again for joining us. Today we have a very interesting topic to discuss, especially in light of Savings Week that's coming up. How often have we turned around and said, I wish I was a child of so-and-so in order to inherit the vast wealth that that person has, or I'm so jealous of so-and-so because they really had to do nothing. Everything's just passed down to them. That is the perception that's often given off. But what is the reality is somewhat different. The vast majority of fortunes that are passed down from the generation that made it to the next generation are lost. Before the generation can preserve the wealth, in other words, build it into something that can generate income for generations to come. It's squandered and it's lost. And uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome now from, who's a portfolio manager at Sundam Private Wealth. Now, welcome to Chai FM. Oh, thanks very
1: much for having me. Uh, and
0: good morning to your listeners. Good morning. Uh, it's afternoon. Just Now, tell me, yeah, please, yeah. how do I pronounce I'm your... No yeah. problem. How do I pronounce your surname? Great, thank you. Now, what I found quite fascinating about this is at the end of the day, if you and I get together, we create a business, we do incredibly well, our grandchildren, 70% of the time, are not going to enjoy that money.
1: Yes, unfortunately, you know, because most of the time you find that they are ill prepared um, to take over the fortune, you know uh you'll find that, you know, at the heart of the problem is that, you know, parents don't take time, you know, to discuss, you know, intergenerational wealth plan, you know, with their children. So one child sleeps one morning, you know, sleeps today and then wakes up the next day, you know, with a fortune, you know, on his lap. And, you know, they don't know, you know, how to handle it. So in most cases, it's too much and too soon, and then the money gets wasted away.
0: No, no, just as, a, as an example, one thing that the public did see um, last year and the year before was how the now President Bush, um, sorry, Bush, uh, President Trump, um, yeah. really passed his empire over to his children to manage. Now, we've heard very little about really what's happening in the Trump empire. But one thing's for certain, his children were groomed to take over the position. Is that a yes. normal scenario or is that an abnormal scenario?
1: Well, I think that's what should be normal, you know, and unfortunately for most families it's not, you know. I mean, you take uh, talk of uh, very wealthy families, um, you know, you find that uh, you know most of the wealth is intergenerational. You take the Rupert, you know, you take globally, you know, the Rothschild and so on, you know. Uh, most of that wealth, you know, has been passed from one generation to the next, and each generation, you know, have had, you know, its fair amount, you know, to, to add into the existing wealth before they pass it on, you know, to future generations and so on, you know. So I think that is how it should be done, you know, but unfortunately, uh, from what we've seen so far, you
0: Um, no, we need to run to the shops quickly, but before I go, just to give you something to think about for when we come back. When we come back, really what I want to discuss is how the typical consumer behavior has changed from one generation to the next. And then also I'd like to contextualize it in South Africa. We have a new um, echelon of wealthy people that were excluded from wealth before. Some of them had done incredibly well. The, 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 how are they going to pass that on to the generations to come? Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. Avi on money. 12 to 1pm only on 101.9 Welcome back to 101.9 Hi FM. It's 11 minutes past hour. Thank you so much for staying with us. If you've just joined us we're having a fascinating discussion with a portfolio manager at Sun and Private Wealth's names is Nao Khansi and we are discussing intergenerational wealth. People who inherit money from their parents and we're not really talking about a couple of hundred thousand rand which will last you a while. We're talking about significant amount of money where a significant Second wealth is passed from one generation to the to the other, and what we discussed prior to the break was that very often the children are ill prepared to take over the management reins of that wealth as as it's passed down simply because there's very little communication on the business level between the the previous generation and the current generation Um, but now let's maybe talk about the the different uh, typical consumer financial behavior between then and now is there any difference really between the past generation and our generation?
1: I think there is you know because of uh, you know internet and also social media I mean, today's children are exposed, you know, to so many adverts. I mean, you can just open, you know, a net, the net maybe to uh, read some news, you know, in some website. Half of your screen will be news, and then the other half basically will be some adverts, you know, about the latest fads, you know, in the fashion market, or maybe the fastest cars, and maybe some leafy up, you know, to buy a house here So as a result. You know, we're seeing you know a generation of uh, children who are more, you know, who believe in consumerism, you know, uh, simply because you know they are bomb- bombarded, you know, with too many adverts. I don't say that uh, you know it's bad, you know, for <laughs> for people to advertise themselves, but I think that generally, you know, what we've seen today is children who believe more in consumption than in
0: And, and, you know, that's so true. Everywhere you go, every billboard, every advert, it's all about Mm -hmm. consumerism and it's all about enticing people to part with their hard-earned money in order to, you know, theoretically improve their standard of living and their quality of life, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know. Yes. And to look good. There you go. Um, But now, you know, just coming back to the fundamentals, the, the dinner table is often referred to as the family university where yes. a, a father would come home and discuss with his children and his family what happened in the business what's going on so that the children get an idea of what's happening does that happen as as a general rule today or is that something of a bygone era i
1: think it's a bygone era because uh, generally you know you find parents you know relinquishing you know that responsibility to to someone else, you know, for 8 to 10 hours a day, and they'll just meet, you know, with a family for an hour or two, and generally, you know, the discussion is not uh, uh, very intense about, uh, you know, where the family wants to uh, go and what they want to achieve financially. So rather than having this wealth in the you know, uh, around family um, needs and uh, the wealth, intergenerational wealth plan, and so on, you find that most of the Basically, you know, they are very superficial and that doesn't uh, prepare the children, you know, about uh, the next step, you know, in their life of, you know, as to how to manage money well and also to preserve it and grow it into
0: the future. You know, something interesting that I've observed in our own community um, from, from the little that I've seen and the bit that I've experienced is that families that are, so-called wealthy and have done well, you'll find that their children strive to do well in school, they strive to do well in, in university, and they often strive to take the business from one level to the next. In, in, in other exactly. words, in order to enhance it, very rarely do, and I'm saying not all the children, if there's a couple of sons, one might go another direction, but there'll always be one or two that will get involved and, and will upgrade the business, so to speak. And there are many examples that come to mind. Um, yeah. But what happens in a case where a person has a particular business and every one of his children turn around and say dad wonderful thank you it's it's great you're in, you're a visionary you're an entrepreneur you're a great businessman i want to be a heart surgeon i want to be a social worker i want to be a school teacher i have no interest in being in your business but well, the no. the the father then understands that and appreciates that How does he then preserve that wealth for his children and their generations to come without them being involved?
1: Well, you know, there's some vehicles that are, you know, available to us, you know. Um, For example, you know, the parents can open a family trust, you know, Um, because, you know, this trust basically is run like a company. It's got a trustee, there's trustees who are managing the money in the trust, you know, in accordance to the wishes of their parents, you know, uh, estimated in the trust aid. So basically, you know, this trust, there can be some assets that are moved to the to the trust, you know, uh, with the sole uh, purpose of taking care of children, you know, going into the future. And then we will invest, you know, those trusts. Uh, sorry, the assets of those trusts uh, in line with the mandate that has been chosen, you know. And then, uh, you know, as the trust,
0: So really what it is about is be, about being forward-looking and saying, look, you know, w- I don't have anyone in my own bloodline, so to speak, to manage this wealth. But if I set up the correct structures and they are involved in one way, but I get professionals to manage it, I can preserve the wealth going forward.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, most of the time we advise our clients that, uh, you know, open a trust, you know, we have specific needs. With a specific instruction of uh, maybe taking care, you know, of your beneficiaries and in you know, those cases you find that these beneficiaries, you know, will be your children. And then we also have to open a wheel, you uh, know, and, uh, you know, the wheel has to talk, you know, to the trust. And, then, uh, you know, when the parents or the settlers, you know, passes on, then, you know, the trustees will take over the responsibility to proceed with that, you know, and we will give regular updates you know, from the investment reporting as well as, you know, fiduciary aspect, you know, of managing the trust, like, for example, record-keeping, tax advisory, and also advising on the legislation that may have an effect, you know, on the trust. So, in this way, basically, even though the child, you know, is not entrepreneurial, but at least, you know, the parent has left him, you know, with something that he can live on, you know, to further the legacy of the parent, and this child, you know, so long as, uh, you know, he doesn't squander the assets of his the trust, then he can also leave it on, you know, to future generations and so on and so on.
0: Now, I, I I really want to discuss that experiment that was done by Lipschitz, by Jamie uh, Lipschitz about uh, where he took, you know, children who are going to inherit and created a false scenario from them for them so they could just experience what was going to happen. But before we get there, would I be correct in saying that setting up a will and setting up a trust is not a complicated story. However, if it's not done correctly by people who specialize in that and by people who can maintain it going forward, then you've really taken a short cut that can be catastrophic.
1: For sure. Remember that, uh, you know, it's not only in South Africa but worldwide. You know, governments are desperate for money. And uh, the quickest and simplest way you know, to do it is raising taxes. And uh, this whole notion around the world about the wealth tax. And trusts are generally seen, you know, as uh, some uh, hidden wealth, you know. And uh, as tax rates go higher, then we expect that, uh, you know, trust will come under more and more scrutiny. But obviously, you need a professional. Generally, you'll find that in South Africa, you know, you will need, uh, let's say, about three. You know, or more trustee on your, on your 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 trust. And if you've got maybe let's say two family members sitting, you know, with uh, a nominee of uh, a professional company, you know, as a as a as a, as a trustee, then you know, a nominated company like for example some Fund as well, you know, it can be able to come with that professional aspect because the family comes with emotion, you know, and knowledge, you know, of the family history. But uh, we as professionals try to become as dispassionate as possible, you know, trying to manage the money in line, you know, with the wishes of the settler and also the trustee to make sure that uh, these assets, you know, are used for what they were intended for.
0: In other words, it's a partnership between those who are subjective and those who are objective coming together for the best preservation of capital going forward.
1: Exactly because remember that uh, taking on that responsibility is uh, you know is a very serious thing. You know, I mean, if we mismanage uh, the fund, you know, as appointed trustees, you know, we can really be sued um, for the dereliction of duty. So we take that um, you know uh, that uh, you know uh, responsibility very seriously. If uh, there is with what people later uh, legally or maybe in the trust deed. You know, then we will put the proper advice in place that, no, this is not what it was intended for. For example, a parent may leave, let's a child comes on, you know, and wants to buy the latest Lamborghini in the market, you know, we will simply say, no, this is not what this money was intended for in line with the plastic. We will pay for your education. We will pay for reasonable, you know, extra that advice and, uh, you know, the management of the assets thereof, you know, both locally and offshore to make sure that these assets grow. Because remember that as we grow these assets, you know, the amount of money that's generated uh, as income from these assets in the form of interest and successivity also grows, then it also gives us a leeway, you know, to meet.
0: Fantastic. Now, I think you put it very succinctly in perspective there. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with you in a moment. Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 23 minutes past hour. And just to let you know, um, Neal, are you still with us there on the line?
1: I'm still
0: on the other side of the line. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, I just want to read this from the press release quickly. It says, Douglas, like Jamie Lipschitz, head of wealth management and son of private wealth, says that the world is about to see the largest ever intergenerational transfer of wealth. Over the next 20 years, 500 super rich will transfer about 21 trillion, that's with a T, 21 trillion U.S. dollars, I don't even know how many rands that is, to the next generation. <laughs> with the stats saying that a huge portion of this will not be preserved or grown by the heirs, we wanted to understand why this keeps happening and what we can do to fix it. What did you guys do? How did it experiment go?
1: Well, you know, our, we, we took an initiative. Sorry, can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can hear you loud and clear.
1: Okay, okay, sure. We, we took an initiative at Sunland Private World, you know, to take uh, some of our clients. So basically, this was like a pilot project that we started last year, and we're going to grow it, you know, going into the future. You know, to take some of our clients into a weekend breakaway with their children, where, you know, the children together with the parents. Are going to be inducted, you know, on the benefit of uh, intergenerational welfare, and at the heart of this basically is uh, communication, communication, communication. You know, uh, parents need to, to start, you know, bringing on, you know, children, you know, when they reach their, you know, the right age and right maturity level, you know, into how money is made and how much the the the, the, the how much fortune the family has gathered, and, you know, how to uh, pass the baton on you know, to the children in future. So basically, this is not something that happens, you know, over one dinner away. But it should be a way of life, you know, for a few years to come. Yeah? And then the more they do it and make sure that there is a good transition in place, you know, then uh, the better are the chances that they will suffer.
0: Is this something that you do regularly or was it a once off event?
1: Um unfortunately for now we do it only once a year. You know, where we take a handful of plants away and uh, we take the entire family. You know, both the mother, the father and the children. You know, and uh, we're gonna only grow it, you know, uh, go into the future. Uh, it worked very well, last year. And uh, we're going to repeat it again this year. And, uh, you know, we, we were growing, you know, because uh, uh, we're very interested, you know, to see families succeed. Because remember that, uh, you know, some of these families, basically, with, they've been our clients for some time. And managing people's money, basically, is like being appointed to an office of trust. Yeah, and uh, we don't like seeing... You know, clients succeeding, and then once they pass on, we see everything collapsing. You know, once it gets passed on you know, to their children, so we want, we, in our interest, to make sure that their children also succeed and build on the foundation. You know, that their parents have built, uh, so that they can also contribute something, and then pass it on, you know, to their next generation.
0: Fantastic. Now, it it sounds absolutely fascinating. You know... Part of what I've read here is that you know some children you know didn't even think about the future. Simply went out and splurged. One of them went and built this whole elaborate plan, but never bothered to budget for food because it's never been something that that person had to think about. And uh, I found that I found that quite interesting. Now, unfortunately, we we run out of time. How do people get in touch with you? How do they get in touch with private wealth? And if there is a family who feels that they can really benefit from a you know a weekend or a Excursion like this with their children. Who do they get in touch with?
1: Well, firstly, you know, unfortunately, at the moment, this uh, um, excursion is meant for our clients. You know, so it's exclusive only for our clients. But if people want uh, to get more information about this, you know, wealth management and um, you know the management of uh, you know the assets they own, we can go to our website else. I'm available on 011-778-6301. Our website is www.privatewealth.sunlamb.co.uk.
0: Fantastic. It's been a fascinating interview. I was really hoping that we would see you in studio um, because it would have been a little bit more interactive. But thank you very, very much for your time. And it's been very interesting. And I hope people take advantage of it. Thanks very much and thanks for the audience that uh, your listeners have up for it. Wonderful. Thank you very much. There was Neu Khantzini who is a portfolio manager at Sunnam Private Wealth. I found that a very, very interesting discussion. Unfortunately, the line wasn't great and it was a landline. So uh, I, I, we, I didn't you know, run the interview the full length simply because it gets very difficult to listen to and the line is not clear. But, you know, it's, it's a very interesting thing and if you want to read the full article, please just email me and we'll send it through to you or go onto our Facebook page. I'm sure Michelle will put it up. But uh, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch up with you next week. Have a great day and goodbye.